Hello and welcome to episode 146 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Dexcom and Omnipod. In this episode of the podcast, I'm going to speak with Daniel, who is Leo's father. We have a really great kind of conversational episode together. It did strike me about halfway through that I don't think we ever spoke about one thing we meant to speak about, but I still really enjoyed it. As I was going back and editing and listening, I just found this one to be incredibly interesting. And I go into a bit of a rant in the 40 or 50 minute mark, which, um, you know, could happen sometimes. Anyway, Dan's uh, a great guy and a a really good dad. He's just very interested in the ideas that are going to help his son live better with type 1 diabetes. And those are the things we end up talking about. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before being bold with insulin. All right, my name is Daniel. I am a father of a four-year-old type 1 diabetic who was diagnosed in January of 17. Okay, and so it is still 2017. It's October. Yeah. It's almost October, <laughs> so you're only nine months in. You're really, yeah. you're really new. Wow. Um, how did, uh, and do we, are we going to say your son's name? Yes, my son's name is Leo. Okay. Sorry. No, no, don't be sorry. Just, uh, I, just want, I just wanted to be sure you wanted to. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with it. Up to doing that. So... Leo is was he four at diagnosis or did he turn four since then? He was he he turned four in November and was diagnosed in January. Oh wow! Okay. Um, yes. Big big birthday celebration for you. Yes, yes. It was. I know you always ask what was the typical diagnosis. We were on vacation, and uh, the four of us. I have another child. We're down in Mexico, and we towards the last couple of days we noticed a lot of bathroom breaks that we probably wouldn't have noticed if we were at home because he wouldn't have asked. He would have just gone. And then uh, our flight home from Mexico to Cincinnati on the three-plus-hour flight, I think I had to get him to take me to the bathroom on a minimum of seven times, Yeah, that's... not including before, not including in the Mexican airport and the Cincinnati, Ohio airport. <laughs> so, so now, Daniel, you're, we didn't say this at the onset, but you're a physician, right? No, no, I'm not. I'm no. not. That that email address is just. Uh, it's got me plenty of places, but it uh, it is my initials. <laughs> That's so funny. I, yes. I just always assume that. That's good. not no. Not why I had you on the podcast. So don't worry about that. Yes. But, yes. But, so okay. So anyway, Daniel's got a misleading email address. <laughs> uh, but. That's hilarious. So, so doesn't matter. Right? <laughs> Hold on. <a> second. <laughs> I have to say, I know you edit. So when when my wife and I were younger and we lived uh, in Chicago, we lived in between two bars right by Wrigley Field. Right. Uh, and uh, the one bar next door used to always dump like nasty, stinking mop water in the alley, like in the part in our parking spot. Yeah. And I I emailed the alderman in Chicago. I'm not sure how you the alderman situation, but it's real shady, obviously in Chicago is. So I emailed the alderman, and they were like, Doctor Weber will get this taken care of right away. And I was like, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I might not edit that out then if you yeah. find that. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. It just cracked me up because I had a whole thought process of where I was going. And then you're like, right. no. And I went, oh, okay, hold on. So anyway, <laughs> forget that part. What what about the urination? Like what did where did that take you to? Like I never really asked that specific question. Your, your kid urinates nine times in three hours. What does it make you do next? 
We, we at first just thought it was nerves or something like that flying. I mean, the kid had drank a ton of, you know, virgin daiquiris and pina coladas all weekend long and they're all week long. And we just kind of chalked it up to that. And then we came home and probably like the eighth and ninth of, of January was just like, he still wears a pull up, not anymore. Thank goodness. But he was still wearing a pull up and he was just soaking through the pull up in the bed. And after two days of that, um, my brother-in-law is a pediatrician. So my brother-in-law here in Cincinnati, my wife called him and said, you know, I think there's, I think there's something wrong. And, and he called me immediately after getting on the phone with her and he's like, you know, is this, is this Melissa being Melissa or is, do you really think there's something wrong? And I said, it's me. I said, I, I was working and I told her to call. I think there's something wrong. You know, that it doesn't seem right. And obviously in this day and age, you go down the Google hole and you read everything you want. And we had a, a pretty good idea, but my brother-in-law kept saying, there's no way, there's no way. And, uh, you know, we, uh, I, I was supposed to fly out to Chicago like that afternoon or something like that. And he said, bring him in on my lunch break and I'll have him go in the cup. And he went in the cup and Leo and I were just kind of sitting in the front of the office. And I saw him like kind of frantically running around. And I was like, we know what this is. And then, you know, they prick his finger and it just says hi. And, you know, we spend the next three days at Children's Hospital. Yeah, wow. That's, that's really so, I, I'm sorry. The most, the best part of this, I, I interview a lot of ladies mostly. Uh-huh. But, but the, so far, my favorite part of this is is it's the part where your your wife calls her brother to get medical advice. Then he circumvents her to check with you to make sure she's not being hysterical. And, right, right. <laughs> well, anyway. it was, yeah. I mean, it was definitely... It was definitely a shock to us, but it was like, you know, you, you kind of deal with the cards that are dealt you and you play the cards that are dealt to you. And we went from there. Right. right. And yeah. Well, so tell me that then having a, a, it's interesting. So now your, your, your pediatrician is related to you. It's different. It's close. What does he have you do immediately? I mean, he sends you right to the hospital or he, I mean, he calls the hospital cause he knows people, his, you know, his family has been pediatricians in this, in this area for a long time. So he calls children's hospital here in Cincinnati, which we're lucky to have a great children's hospital. Yeah. And they told him, you know, we don't have any beds right now and he's not in DK or anything like that. His number is not too high. So, you know, we'll have open beds at six o'clock. So we'll just go home, pack a bag, do what you're going to do and bring them over tonight. Then we did. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen, Cincinnati's got all that extra. I mean, they don't put any effort into that football team. So you could put it somewhere else. Really. Correct. So, yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Plenty of, plenty of effort you can put in children's hospitals and things like that, which is probably yeah. better served, by the way. Yes. Yes, uh, exactly. I, I saw my son brought me his phone the other day and he's, I, I don't know when your children get older, if Twitter will still be a thing, but. I, I do a lot of interacting with my 17-year-old son where he goes, hey, look at this. And he throws a phone up in my face. Right. And it was, um, it was, about, it was, about, can, it was about North Korea and the, and the Bengals. And it said something like, what does North Korea and the Cincinnati Bengals have in common? I'm always hearing about all the weapons they have, but something like that. I, I don't know the rest of it. It, was just, it made me laugh, though. I'm not, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a native Cincinnatian, but living here, we've been here for three years. My wife was born and raised here and like the love for the Bengals baffles me. People just love them and they're just not good. And like they, they fired the, um, who did they fire? They fired the offensive coordinator yesterday or something like that. Like for the first time, an offensive coordinator had been fired during the season, but Marvin Lewis has been the coach for like 12 years and they've done nothing. Like, you know, (laughs) well, he might be a really nice guy. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Well, well, I'm sorry to hear that your wife drug you to Cincinnati. Yeah, and, yeah, well, that's all right. <laughs> so, so you said 
you were getting ready to go on a plane, but you did you stay back when when your son was diagnosed and stayed home, or did you? Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I, luckily, I, I travel for work, and I work for a kind of family company based out of Chicago. They're not family anymore, but. Um, and they just kind of understand everything. So I just said, I can't go on this trip. And I, and, uh, I think I had to go on a sales meeting with the customer and I just called someone else on my team and said, Hey, can you fly out there and do this for me? And they said, yeah, no problem. And we spent three days, like I said, at children's hospital here. So what's the advice you get now, since you have sort of a a backdoor through your, through your brother-in-law, what's the, like, I don't know what Leo uses right now. Does he have a pump? He's on an Omnipod and a Dexcom. Okay. And so what gets you to that? Like, how do you get to that? Is it something you see? Is it something you find online? Is it something your brother-in-law says to you? How does that work? So, I mean, my brother-in-law is a great pediatrician, but he really has nothing to do with the diabetes care because that's just, you know, he's just a pediatrician. So he, he, um, he, he, I think he came to Children's Hospital that night with us and kind of just dropped us off and dealt with that just to meet the people that he knew. And then there was a fantastic nutritionist at Children's Hospital who was just Dexcom, Dexcom, Dexcom. All she would talk about is how great the Dexcom. And, I'm, and, and what I've learned to see through the, the T1D community is that like there's so many like connections involved. You know, I, I feel like 90% of the nurses or the, or, the, um, or the nutritionists at Children's Hospital either had diabetes or had a kid who had diabetes or grew up with a sibling that had diabetes. They're all just so connected to okay, it. Okay, okay. Um, so this, this nutritionist was just talking about Dexcom, you know, all she could, like she just kept talking about it. So we didn't really talk with the doctors about it then, but then I came home, we came home on the 13th, I think. And I just asked my brother-in-law, I said, can you call this into Kroger? And he called it into Kroger and, um, we, we put it on the first time blindly without any, any lessons. And that was probably the easiest it went on for the first two months. And then we struck out about a hundred times the next couple of times he tried to do it. Really? But, um, Kroger, the funniest part about it was Kroger kept calling me and asking me, are you sure you want this? Are you sure you want this? It's going to cost this much money. And I was like, fill the prescription. I'll be there in an hour to pick it up, you know, like, <laughs> and so, what, so that's interesting. So did you, do you have insurance? That, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so it it they're talking about your your portion of it. Yeah. And yet they tried to make sh- they tried to, to they tried to talk you out of it. You think? Yeah. They basically were like, I mean, it was January thirteenth, so we have we're on a high deductible plan, right? And we were paying everything out of pocket until we hit that deductible, you know, which was hit on I think January seventeenth, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you know, they kept just, they called, they called Melissa, my wife saying, you know, is this, is this accurate? And she's like, fill it. And they called me. Did, I was like, fill it. And you know, we obviously, I, I would love to use Kroger, but we switched to mail order. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> interesting though. Isn't it funny that, I mean, it, cause that happens to us too. It's, you know, you, you have, you know, the, the calendar flips and you need to make your deductible and, and inevitably it's time to buy some stuff. And right. all, all of a sudden, instead of getting hit a hundred dollars here and a hundred dollars there, you're all of a sudden like, okay, it's just one big thousands dollars bill comes. You're like, Oh, okay. I, I just, I've been joking with, with my wife recently. I was like, I wish January 1st, I could just write, you know, you know, healthcare a check. Here you go. Just yeah. stop, <laughs> you know, cause we're, we're, we don't, we have since the 14th, we've paid like zero, like absolutely nothing. Right. Right. Yeah. So all the equipment comes, my pumps come, this come, that come, and it's like, here you go. Okay. All right. I'm so, like, all right. So you had a Dexcom before an insulin pump? We did. Okay. And what did what did so that's interesting. So what what did you, what feedback were you getting from your CGM that told you that my next step is an insulin pump? 
I think, I mean, this is going to sound really funny, but like Leo is an eater and kind of like a grazer and we would have to go, you know, that route that says like, like, you know, you can have it, but then you need a shot. And like, we would begin to feel bad about it. Mm -hmm. And so we went the route and started talking to children about when we can get a pump and we did all the pump classes and it was just kind of made sense, you know, like it, it, it is honestly made our life much easier minus that email I sent you the other day, which we can talk about later, but like, um, just the fact that like, you know, we walk through Costco and you want to have a sample and instead of having to say, we'll take it home, he needed, I just say, doot, 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 and he can eat whatever it is. Um, I think that like my wife and I got a pretty good grasp of diabetes right from the start. Like we just kind of looked at it and, and said, you know, this is what we need to do and we're going to do it and we're going to get it done, you know? And for the first couple of months, probably like five, six months, we tried to like control it as much as we could. And as soon as we realized that we can't really have all that control, but we can do the best that we can, right. you know, that's when things became a little easier for us. And so we started, we started the Omnipod in May. Okay. Major. Okay. So, all right. All right. Well, that's really quick, which I like. I like hearing that people got to things like that, like quickly, like without having to, you know, struggle or I just, just saw, I mean, it's 2017, almost the end of 2017. And I saw a person this morning online say, I asked my kids pediatric or my kids endo, we want a, a, a Dexcom. And they, uh -huh. said, they said, no, we're, you're not ready for that yet. And I was like, what does that mean? Exactly. And so you, you're a person who took it. You didn't speak to anyone about it. You just no. you slapped it on and you started going. And I'm pretty sure that Children's Hospital here was like, I remember I called in to say, we have a Dexcom. Can you put that in our file? And can you, can you, can you call the, the, the sensor prescription into Optum or whatever the heck fills it now? Mm -hmm. And they said, you have a what? And I said, we have a Dexcom. And they're like, where did you get it? And I was like, my brother-in-law's a pediatrician. He wrote the prescription for me. Like, he's, that's just, we, you know, it was a weekend and we wanted it. You know, like, I think that we wanted, our goal for Leo is to make sure that his life is not any different. You know, we want to make sure that he, he went, let's see, he was diagnosed on the 10th. I think it was maybe a Wednesday. He was back to school on Monday or preschool on Monday. Like, we wanted to make sure that he could go back to school. He goes to a small Montessori school and, you know, they don't have a nurse. So we wanted to be able to track it wherever he was and know that we needed to do something. And so it was just like a no brainer for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really excellent. Actually. I just, it, 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 I think what it shows more than anything is that that kind of old paradigm idea of you should have diabetes for months and years. Mm -hmm. Once you really understand how to, you know, once you really understand how to build a fire with sticks and hay and the sun <laughs> and the sun and a broken piece of glass, after you get that, we'll give you a lighter. Right. Uh, and you know, maybe, you know, why don't we just skip ahead a, a little bit at least like there's no reason I, I can't fathom a reason why you wouldn't let allow somebody to try a, a CGM. I, I mean, I, I think that like there could be a little bit of a data overload, but I like it. You know, I like to be able to look at it. I like to be able to track it. I think I was joking with my wife this morning because like I went in, he was like 143 at like 5 a.m. And I was like, mm, got to correct that. Yeah. You know, like maybe if we didn't have a CGM, I'd sleep a little better. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I don't know that it's worth it. <laughs> no, it's, it's an interesting concept too. the idea that. You know, so you just said something that I just, it, it made me think of 
just an odd analogy, but if I had a fire alarm going off in a far reach of my house, but the house wasn't burning down, I don't know if I'd be like, well, ah, we'll just let it go. You, you know, I guess I, want, right. I, want, I wander down to the basement, find out why that thing's beeping. And, and, and maybe I get down there and it's beeping because the battery's dead. And maybe I get down there and it's beeping because, you know, I don't know, my, my heater's making a little smell or something. I don't exactly know, but at least I know what's happening now. Right. And, and right. it's an interesting concept with a health issue, an interesting concept to think that there's there's something happening, but because it's not killing me right this second, <laughs> I'm just going to ignore it, and um, that's just an oddity to me. Like like it, it it is. I I mean we obviously follow groups and read things, and some of the things I read where I'm just like, and obviously we're nine months in or whatever that is, and I, you know I I think we're doing a pretty good job, but I look at it and they're like, well I'll just let him eat it and I'll correct it when he's high. Yeah. Huh? Like really? <laughs> That's your plan. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, Good plan. Yeah. Right. And I understand that. Not. And I've heard you talk about it before. You know, you could meet smart CEOs who just can't get a grasp of diabetes and couldn't understand it. You know, like, but. You know, some things I feel like you should be able to. <laughs> and I think that's, I think in that specific, you know, situation, I think it's fear too. Like, I think it's the idea that, that you know, I really for. Because think about it. If you think, hey, there's going to be food here, in what you've only been with diabetes for nine months, have you ever seen <laughs> food not need insulin? <laughs> no. Right? right? Yeah, that, because that would be not having diabetes. So right. you can say, well, maybe I had a bolus longer ago and it, maybe it was too much and you know there might be some insulin left over. You can maybe yourself to death. But that's fear. That's the idea of. I don't of the unknown, not wanting to breach the unknown. Where and and so in a strange way, getting a high blood sugar that you can later correct down is at least an understood quantity. You, you know right. what I mean? And so if you're if you are operating from a fearful position, I almost get that. I get the idea of um, why don't we why don't we just let him get high because I know how to take care of that, and that doesn't seem like it's going to cause him to have a seizure, or, right? Know, potentially, so. Uh, you know, but I'm I'm the opposite. I'm you know, I, I, Arden had some pretty, Arden had some fairly spectacular lows this summer, um, mm -hmm. and they were overnight, and they required a lot of intervention and a lot a lot of effort and not a lot of sleeping at some points. Right. But it never occurred to me to let her blood sugar be two hundred when she went to bed to, no. to combat that. It never I never considered that. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think we, we try to, you know, play, not play, but use insulin as much as possible and take care of it. And there's always a juice box or, you know, if I gave Leo a juice box, he's so little, he would just skyrocket. So there's always a quarter of a juice box or something like that, that yeah. can take care of it. And I think at the start, we tried to deal with it more like healthy, you know, here's an apricot, here's this, you know, and now we're like, here's a Skittle, here's an airhead, you know, they, they work much quicker and you don't fight me for them. So tilt your head back while I put the sugar shaker in your face. Yeah, uh, seriously. Listen, if it makes you feel better, I did something last night that I, I hardly ever do and wouldn't really recommend because it is not good for your teeth. But Arden hit this blood sugar and last night, I don't know, it was one o'clock in the morning maybe. And she just kind of went to a spot and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I and there was no insulin happening, so I thought I know what'll do. I know what's gonna take her right back to ninety and leave her there. So in her, she's she's asleep, and I whispered to her, "Hey, I'm really sorry. I need you to eat these fruit snacks." And so her mouth, like she lays back, and I just 
take two fruit snacks at a time, bump them on her lip. She opens her mouth. She chews them up. When I'm sure she's done, I, I must have given her, I don't know, seven of them. Uh-huh. And then I had her drink a little water and rinse her mouth out a little bit. And um, and then she went back to sleep. This morning, this it, by the way, it worked perfect for the blood sugar. Right. And, and this morning... She comes into my room and she it's dark, you know, it's early. And she right. says, Dad, did I have fruit snacks in my sleep last night? And I said, yeah, why? And she goes, there's one stuck in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> and I said. <laughs> I'm amazed with, with Leo. Like, he'll, he doesn't wake up for a thing. Like, I'll grab his hand and he'll stick a finger out. Mm-hmm. I'll, you know, if he's just falling asleep, it's hard to get him to take like a, a we, we were, we were shying away from glucose tabs, but they're just so easy that we're now just like, here you go, use them. Um, so he'll like, you just put it to his lips. He puts it in, he chews it. doesn't remember a thing. Like it's fantastic. Yeah. I think some people have a question in their mind about how much information is too much information and how much involvement is too much involvement. When they're talking about their type one diabetes, You're trying to make life easier, not more complicated. And I think sometimes if you don't completely understand what Omnipod and Dexcom bring to your life, what these devices bring, it can sound like they're bringing you work more. I want you to try to imagine that that's completely opposite of the truth. When you get this data back, when you can see, I put a bolus in here and this is what happened. I cut off my basil here for a half an hour and this is what happened. When you get that information back, you start making these decisions that are so kind of precise and intuitive that the alarms don't happen anymore. Your involvement with diabetes actually goes down. The more you understand up front, the less you have to do later. So I'm giving you a combination ad today. This is for Dexcom and Omnipod because I want to talk about them both. I don't think this is what they paid me for, and they might be mad if they heard it, but darn it, this is the right way to talk about this today. If your Dexcom tells you your blood sugar is 120 and it's starting to creep up, you can give yourself a tiny little bolus and fix that. If your blood sugar is sitting at 80 and you're worried that it's going to get lower, but it doesn't seem to quite be moving, you can take your Omnipod and just shut your basal off for a little while, and then that'll allow your blood sugar to drift back up. Shutting off your basal is not going to stop a crashing low, but it could make that little bump. And that little bump could be the difference between just bringing in an 80 back to a 90 or feeding an 80 and then having it be 200. This is a really um, important aspect of type 1 diabetes management. Once you start understanding these concepts, everything just gets so much easier. And when things get easier, alarms happen less. Arden's Dexcom, she's at school now, it's like 12 o'clock in the afternoon, hasn't beeped once all day, not once. So Arden's blood sugar has been between 70 and 120 since she's been at school. The last thing I said to her on the way out the door was, hey, we're going to do a little bit of insulin here. I think we bolused like a 0.7 for a blood sugar that was 120 diagonal up as she was leaving. It came right back down. She was 110 before lunch. With all this knowledge and this data, I was able to bolus Arden's insulin 15 minutes before she even left her class to go to lunch. So now she has a healthy pre-bolus going for a really fun kid meal. I don't know what you're sending to your kids for lunch, but today Arden had a bagel and cupcakes and uh, Cheez-Its and I don't know what else, a bunch of stuff. Stuff you don't normally think about being able to give a kid with diabetes and keeping their blood sugar at 110. But again, it's the data, it's the information that comes back from the Omnipod and the Dexcom. This is where where the genius lies. 
once you have a few experiences and you can believe that what these devices are telling you is true, the whole world opens up for you. So I want you to go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box and ask for a demo pod today. They are free and they have no obligation. I'll take you two minutes to get one. And then I want you to go to dexcom.com forward slash juice box and start learning about the Dexcom continuous glucose monitor. These are important steps. And ads in the future, I'll do more the way the companies want me to do them. But for today, you guys really need to understand, this is how I do what you hear me talking about. If you're listening to this podcast and you want to get these things accomplished, I do them with Omnipod and Dexcom. I think you could too. I'm never not amazed by the waking up in the morning and her walking downstairs with a banana peel in her hand going, did I eat a banana last night? Yeah, a full banana in your sleep. No, no, no. I was just going to say it's fascinating. I I can't imagine if I walked up to my wife tomorrow night while she was sleeping and I had, I don't know, a handful of food in my hand. And I was like, hey, here, eat this. That That in the morning she wouldn't look at me and go, are you out of your mind? Did you why did you feed me granola while I was sleeping last night? Like, you know, or whatever it ends up being. But, but I, it's just I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. To be perfectly honest, it's fascinating. Yeah, I, I just think it's 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 truly like I just don't know how he doesn't. Did I wake up last night? Did I do this? Did I do that? And now we've mixed in the whole thing where I told him he was no longer wearing pull ups, so I'm waking him up at midnight to pee. Doesn't remember that either. Like, like I, I just don't get it. I'll tell you, that sounds fantastic. To be perfectly. <laughs> because I remember every time I peed last night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like wandered to the bathroom just being like, I can't believe I got older. <laughs> I'll walk into Leo's room and, and do the quietest thing and he doesn't move. And we have a 14 month or a 15 month old who is the room next door. I open Leo's door and that guy's crying. Like <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Well, that, so anyway, Daniel, how did we end up together on the podcast? What, I, no, because we're pretty much twenty-five minutes into this, and I forget why you're coming on. Tell me, I tell just, me why. I, I sent an email and I said I love your podcast, and if you're looking to talk to a you know a newly diagnosed father, well, I guess I'm not newly diagnosed, but my son was newly diagnosed. I said, you know, I'd love to chat. You cool. know, there's questions I may have, there's questions you may want to know about my thoughts, and you ask some of those. You know, and I think. One of the ones that I'm more shocked about that I, like I said, emailed you the other day, I was more crazy about is that we went in so confidently to his last Indo visit and then his A1C was up. Yeah. And that was just crazy to me. Yeah. There's this, there's this thing that I don't know if I've ever, I don't think I've never said it willfully um, or not, but it's, it so falls into the, into the auspice of advice that I guess it's just not something I say out loud and I have no way to quantify it. It is something I, it's something I heard on the internet that I that I tried and worked. Yeah. And and so Daniel will say here that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. But if you are using an Omnipod PDM as your meter and you're using the freestyle test strips that are coded as 16 on the test strips, there are people who might tell you that you should set the code on the PDM at 18. Some people use 17. I use 18. Um, when I did that, it helped my daughter's A1C go down. So you can absolutely take that for whatever you want to take it for. I'm not even making any assertions about it. Um, what I will say is that device manufacturers are in an interesting situation where they go to the FDA, they make a claim about this device that they've created. The FDA verifies that claim and then they are allowed to sell it to you. 
if they want to change that claim, they have to go back to the FDA. It takes a very long time and invalidates their device. So a lot of companies can't do that. It just doesn't work. Um, reasons that I don't understand in any way, shape, or form, technically or otherwise, when I have Arden's PDM, when I tell Arden's PDM that her test strips are code 18, when they're really code 16, we get much better, more accurate blood sugar checks that more closely um, agree with her Dexcom. And I'm assuming because of that, we are able to make decisions. So basically, if you're in a situation where you're like, hey, my blood sugar is 110, I'm happy with that. But it's actually, I don't know, 140, then your A1C may come back higher than you expect. And it's harder to deal, like when I'm trying to deal in a world where I, I want a blood sugar to be 80, um, I need to know it's really 80. I can't, right. you know what I mean? It can't be, it can't be higher or lower because I'm, I'm, I'm working with small tolerances. So anyway, if you have a Omnipod PDM, maybe give it a try. Maybe don't. I'm certainly not telling you what to do, but Dan here had an issue with Leo where he, um, his A1C was higher than his blood test indicated it might be. And, uh, that was the, uh, that was the sage-like wisdom that I passed to him that had been passed to me <laughs> years and years and years ago by some nice person on the internet. So, so what happened, Dad? You went in and you thought we're going to be at what? What A1C were you like? This is what's happening. We thought we were going to be in the low sixes, right? So he wasn't that. He was seven seven when diagnosed. He wasn't that high. Okay. Uh, we immediately dropped to six something. Mm -hmm. I think six seven, then six six, and we thought we were trending in the lower lower sixes, and it came back in the lower lower sevens, and we were like, "What?" And uh, endocrinologist couldn't speak to it, and was giving us roundabout answers, and none of it made sense. And you know, I think that if you were sitting in the room as a fly in the wall, you could see how frustrated I was with it. And then, uh, you know, we fell down that Google rabbit hole, like you talked about, and we looked and then, um, we, we thought the only variable in the two was he started a pump in May, which was two weeks after, after his last A1C. So was, we went to a totally different meter. So, um, since then we are testing on three different meters now. Um, but only using <laughs> only using one to update Dexcom, obviously. Yeah, you could probably stop doing that, but I get it. Um, but I want to congratulate you. I'm being serious for a second. I want to congratulate you for being so rational about it and looking and saying what's different in our lives because you went to something that most common sense would tell you, well, getting a pump would have helped, not <laughs> right. And in getting the pump didn't hurt. It was this one specific tiny aspect of it. You, you, I think you knew when you asked me to be perfectly honest. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I read all over the internet, but I just, you know, wanted to hear it from other people. And, and some of the, I, I even called Omnipod and they're like, no, ours is perfect. And Omnipod is great. Don't get me wrong. No, but they're, they're, <laughs> listen, they are, listen, Omnipod is, Omnipod is stuck doing what the FDA has told them they are allowed to say about their product. I, I, right. I, I, listen, I privately have conversations with people at Dexcom a number of times a year where I say to them, hey, you give people this – I always put it like this. I'm like, you give people a bazooka, then you teach them how to kill a fly with it. I said, like, right. well, like why, don't we, why don't we learn how to blow up a tank with it? You know, Because like, I, right. think, I think that's what it's for. Except they're not legally allowed to say certain things about what their product does because it's because if they spent that much time 
going after all that from the FDA. If they did mm-hmm. that, they never would have got the product on the market. You, right, you know, by the right. time they proved out everything they wanted to prove out, like here's one. Look, I'm, I'll say this absolutely without a doubt. The lower you put your higher threshold on your Dexcom CGM, the lower you make that line, when it tells you, hey, your blood sugar's on the way up, the lower you put that, the lower your A1C is going to be. I can absolutely unequivocally tell you that that is true. Dexcom would be happy to tell you that's true, except they weren't able to ask that of the FDA before they got the thing thing, so they can't actually come out and say it like that. Right. I mean, I think one of the other crazy parts to us was is that we were showing, we like, I literally like had all this data printed out, obviously. Um, I showed the doctor. I was like, we came in at our last checkup, and he was averaging a 144 on Dexcom, which is fantastic. We're this many months in, and his A1C was like, perfectly spot on match to that. And now we're three months later, he's averaging a 130 something and our A1C is way off. Like what's going on? He's like, well, the A1C score and the blood glucose aren't the same. And I was like, you're grasping at straws here, man. Like, I understand you don't have the answer, but stop saying random things. out. Right. Right. Exactly. So you have to, when you go back, Daniel, you have to stop yourself from just looking at him going, you don't know what you're saying. I, I thought about you, going on like the patient porthole and being like, we did some research and here we are. We'll talk in three months and see what happens. Yeah. You know, like. well, well, let, me, I, let me say this at Arden's last Arden's last um, uh, A1C was a couple weeks ago. So her last appointment was a couple weeks ago. And there's something going on with Arden that I don't, I'm not really ready to talk about yet because I don't completely understand it. And and but but I'm in there asking questions, right? And uh-huh. the answers I'm getting back, it's the same thing. It, it's it's like a, you know, you asked the question and you felt like the answer. They were like, "Have you considered that it's because the sky is blue?" I'm like, "No, I hadn't considered because <laughs> that doesn't make any sense." And it, you know, so they're just, "Well, what about this? What about this?" And then it comes to they're like, "Well, let's just wait." And I went home and I was talking to my wife and I'm like, I'm not comfortable waiting. Like, why are we waiting? This doesn't make any sense. And we we pressed the doctor and said, no, we're, we're not going to wait. We didn't wait. And it's a week later. And I think we found the answer. Now, it takes I can't just start coming on the podcast and telling you stuff like that yet because I, I don't I don't know for sure. And I don't want to put information out that's not that's not accurate. But um but that's exactly what happened. I was like, why am I waiting? You just I just sat in front of a person for 45 minutes who said nothing to me. They spoke a lot of words, didn't say anything. I left going, well, this was a waste of an hour. And and on top of that, Arden's A1C went up. So I was already bummed out. It was six, which I'm not complaining about. But right. it, she had so many lows in the past three months that we were just – you know, it ended up not, it wasn't as stable. And when it's not as stable, then it's harder to hold lower numbers because the variabilities, you know, right. off. I'm not literally not complaining. A six is phenomenal. Right. But right. we were 5.6 the time before. And so you can, you can see the difference. It's just a tiny bit of variability caused a half a point move. Imagine what happens when you're at 150 all the time, or, you know, that's how you get two points higher. Anyway. Yeah, and I kept like explaining to my wife. I was like, "No, we have really good control. Like you can see, we have good control of it, but our numbers not right." Like, <laughs> so I mean, I was I was expecting him. Like I was complaining enough that I thought he was going to say, "Let's rerun the test." Then he right. did not do that. Right. Um, and I ordered home A one C one A one C test on Amazon, but <laughs> I didn't use them. If you ever I didn't use, it, use tell them, me how it worked because I I it's something I wouldn't occur to me to do because it just seems like it wouldn't work. But I'm yeah, I mean they have them, and I was like, I'm willing to try it just to see if I get the same. And then once we thought about it more logically and realized, you know, here's the variable, I'm like, okay, I don't need to spend the fifty dollars, and I returned them. Right. 
Good for you. Um, so now, I, I just had this whole picture in my head where you're explaining to your wife, no, you don't understand. We have the numbers. This isn't right. And just in my mind, the thought bubbles over her head are, I my mom was right. I shouldn't have married this guy. <laughs> like, 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 he's babbling about numbers, and he's clearly he's clearly wrong. And you know, I'm, I'm gonna have to start cheating soon. Like, like you just said the whole thing rolling through her head. But she was almost she was just as upset as I was. We were just like, I just don't understand. I mean, we we do a really good job of like sharing the responsibilities, and I, I travel for work, so she's she's on top of it a ton of the time as well. But like, we were both just like what are we going to do? And, and and I think she, from the start, she was more like, we need to get that number lower. We need to get that number lower. And I was like, I wasn't there with her yet. I was like, let's just get this under control. You know, it's new to us. And now I'm like, no, get, let's give him insulin. He's too high. <laughs> 140. Why aren't we doing something? <laughs> yeah. A national tragedy in your home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the dog looks sad, lays down, doesn't get up for an hour. It's like, oh, the boy's at Leo went to 140. We're, yeah, exactly. We, we covered all the windows. We're sitting shiva now. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 <laughs> but uh, that. Well, listen. I think that's. By the way, do you find that easier? I find it easier to keep blood sugars lower than I do to chase them around. When I'm chasing them around, I get I'm exasperated all the time. I so. think I definitely. I mean, I think you said it last week. You'd rather battle, or not last week. Obviously, it's a long time ago now. But you said you'd rather battle a 67 than a 267 or something like that. Right. I'm a hundred. We both are a hundred percent in that in that camp of thought. You know, we we want to battle not that low. Obviously, I think it's really hard to have that. Uh, what am I trying to say? The, the children's hospital does not agree. No. <laughs> I think the tech is way behind or the hospital is way behind where the tech is. And obviously I think that the hospital and the doctors have to deal with, with the average, not with the people that understand it or the people that can afford CGMs and whatnot, you know, like, and every time I'm in there, they're like, you know, this is red. I'm like, it was 75, you know, like when he turns, when he turns five, you're going to tell me a 70 is okay. Right. So why are we even talking about it? And, and I always say to him, I said, I, I have to imagine that it, with, with people having CN, CGMs, the, the risk of extreme lows has to go down. So we need to talk more about that. You know, like, obviously, uh, we were going to lunch the other day and he was 71 and straight across. And I was like, OK, I think I can pre-bullst him before we get there. So I pre-bullst him. And then literally we pulled out of the garage and he went double arrows at like 68. And I was like, oh, this is going to be bad news. So. <laughs> We pull into Starbucks where we were going anyways, just down the street for the fabulous lunch that it is. And I order his peanut butter and jelly and then I prick his finger and he was a 38. And that's the lowest I've ever seen him. Right. And I like went up to the counter. I was like, I'm going to pay for this juice in a second. And like, you know, like obviously you can deal with it. And I don't want that to happen all the time. But at least I knew it was coming. You know, like I feel like if that CGM would have said 38, then he would have been, you know, a 28 or a 20. And that would have been a different story. You know, so having the technology there and I, I just feel like sometimes the doctor's don't understand that we're monitoring it. You know, I don't want to be like I'm helicopter parenting, but we're monitoring it 24 hours a day. Like I always know what's happening. Dan, you just warmed my heart so so much. It it it, it was already swollen with pride, and then it's grown more. I I I want everyone to hear that even though it didn't go well, Dan pre bolused a 71. He's a, he's a <laughs> madman. It's fantastic. I I I will tell you the other, this so far this new school year is only a week or so old, um, but you can. Arden is she's more mature now, so there a lot of that anxiety about school starting's gone away. So we didn't get the highs that we usually, we've been getting years before in the first week or so, and she's been coming in coming into her pre bolus at lunch a little 
lower than she did last year. So I'm seeing a lot of like 80s and 75s, like where we're trying to pre bolus. Mm-hmm. So all I did, all I've been doing is I've been pre bolusing with more of an extended basil. So, uh, not to not to correct, I'm not correcting you, but that 71, right. if you would have done. I get you're trying to get some insulin moving and you're going to be there in a couple of minutes and you can believe that that insulin's not even going to start working before you're sitting down and you, you, you experienced a low off of something that happened prior. But right. It sounds like to me. But, I st- but what I've been doing at school lately is like, you know, it's, if it's an eight-unit bolus for 10-unit bolus for lunch, it's here's 20% now and then the other over a half hour or an hour. And that, that way it's happening, it's moving, her blood sugar is going in the right direction when she starts to eat, but I haven't dumped a ton of insulin into her when she's a little, she's too low to handle, Right. You know? And that's the, one of the other funny things you mentioned. The, um, the other thing the hospital is really not on top of is like, they're like, he's four, don't pre bowls And I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> like, if, you know, if he doesn't want to finish his pancake, then I'll, you know, he'll eat an apricot and he'll be okay with it. Like I, I, I gotta be in the right place for that. Yeah. It's, um, it, it is really, I mean, you get the idea, like everybody hearing it, it's just thought the same thing. I just thought like sometimes a four-year-old might just look up at you and be like, I'm not eating that. <laughs> and then you are going to be in a situation where you curse under your breath for a second. And then you're like, okay, how do I make up for the, all the insulin I just gave him? He's not going to eat this pancake or whatever. But if that happens every once in a while, isn't that way better than the alternative of your kid's blood sugar being 250 all the time? Like, how is I mean, not common sense? We have barely gone over a two. We barely go over 200 now on spikes, and we are much happier in our house because of it. We can see that he is happier. He had a soccer game last weekend, and he was really high going into it, and it was miserable to watch and to be a parent of. Like... I just wanted to pull him out of there because he did not want to be participating. And then we had another one this weekend and he was like, he went in at 150 and it was perfect. Yeah. Last, last night Arden had a, we had a, a, an insulin pump site go bad sooner than I expected it to. So she gets this now for me, she's, she's has these stubborn highs that I can't affect. And when I tell you that, if I told you we were battling stubborn highs yesterday, how high do you think I'm talking about? I mean, listening to you and knowing you, you were probably like 190. Yeah, it was 150. I was like, this <laughs> okay. is a mess. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so everything is upside down. This isn't working right. So I tried. I pushed and pushed as she was in the, the afternoon at school. She came home. The first thing I said to her was, I'm going to bolus this one more time. And I said, if it doesn't respond the way I expect it to, if there's not some sort of outside influence going on that I can't understand that's maybe more psychological with her or like, you know, physiological that I can't right. see, but, you know. I said, one more bolus, this doesn't work, we're bailing on this thing. And so we did bail on it, but I was on a phone call, and so I did it later than I wanted to, and I realized that as I was handing her dinner, I was like, oh, this is probably not going to go well. <laughs> you know. And so I bolused really heavily with the new pod, um, and it took a while for it to actually work. So her blood sugar hit, it, it went way up last night. It went to like 360 for an hour. Ooh. And so it was just one of those things where she ate a meal with basically not nearly enough insulin. And I, and I got it back down pretty quickly, but when it popped up in that hour, I heard she's doing her homework. She came over. She looked tired when she shouldn't have looked tired. And then she said to me, hey, can you rub my ankle? My ankles are starting to hurt. And, like, you know, all this stuff that you don't realize is, is from the high blood sugar. You right. Know, and it's – I mean, she's, she's older. So at least she can, like, uh, yeah. 
tell you what the issue is. I mean, try having a four-year-old try to tell you what his problem is, you know? And a lot of times he'll just tell us he's low because he thinks he's going to get sugar snacks, you know? So. <laughs> I'm low. Cookie. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You That's what comes like out. You people are like trained seals over here. Just give me <laughs> yeah. a cookie. Uh, no, no. I hear you. So, so tell me something. So you – you're not that far into it. You've you've really embraced it. You've had a low blood sugar that's scary and it didn't dissuade you. Can you tell me, is that just who you are, do you think? Did you learn something that helped you with this? Did you hear something, see something, do something? What put you in this mindset quickly? Because it is my goal that everybody feels like you as soon as possible. So how does that happen? I mean, I think, I, I mean... Not, not to toot your horn too much. I, we listen religiously. Melissa started listening first, then I started listening as well, and, and now I'm way more into it than she is. And, and I think like well, I, I've just two things. What, what's wrong with yeah. her? Why is she not as into it? No, as no, you? because and, well, no, no, she's definitely into it. But what happens is I'm like I'll drive to school or I'll be at the airport. Drive Leo to school or I'll be at the airport so I can listen to it and I'll be ahead of her. And I'm like, did you hear this today? And she's like, not yet. And I'm like, okay. So, <laughs> so I did not ask this question to hear about how great my podcast is, but please go on and tell me how great it is. <laughs> it's fantastic. Okay. So I, I just think that we've always, we've come to, I mean, like you can see, what am I trying to say? There's always insulin and there's always carbs. Like they're not, we're not all of a sudden going to be out of one or the other. So we can always correct whatever, whatever harm we've caused. Not that it's really harm. And, and for us, you know, like I'd much rather have that low than the high because, you know, I mean, obviously I don't think Leo's going to lose a limb or an eyeball like in five years, but like there's, you know, there's long-term effects that are, you know, just as great if not, you know, greater than short-term effects. And I think that having a CGM on him has enabled us to not have to really worry that he's going to go too low. You know, like my phone beeps in my room all night long, you know, the night when it goes up above a certain number or low and I, and we don't miss it. So I think that there's a, we, we've just come to realize that we're not going to kill him. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. we're, 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 we're just trying to make his life better and we're trying to make it, you know, we've, we've seen that when he's in that range and we try to keep him between 80 and 150, but obviously a little bit lower that he's a happier person and it makes the household happier. (laughs) I I love that somebody just came on the podcast and said 150, like it was really high. You were like embarrassed. You're like, you know, between 80 and 150, but that 150, I tried, Scott, I promise we try not to go there. I I just, it's such a, well, no, it's just, it's such, see, Dan, you don't know because you're nine months into it, but I'm, I'm 12 years into it. People did not speak about this like this. Even in the in the in the last few years, it's only happening. And and I'm gonna say this. I, I was talking to someone last night. We're gonna do. I'm gonna do a joint podcast with somebody, which will probably come out prior to this. And, and when you hear this, she'll be like, "Oh, I heard that. That was months ago." But it wasn't. And so, um, it, so we were talking about what we're gonna talk about while we're on there. And I just said, "Look, I said my goal with this podcast is." is to just get rid of the old norms, to tell people how important the technology is. If you can afford the technology, if you can afford the technology and you don't have it, in my opinion, y- you should. That It's that simple. I mean, like, I know there's personal preference. I understand all that. I get that some people don't want the beeping. I Trust me, any argument you're making in your head right now, yelling in your car or whatever you're doing, I understand. I think you still should. And, I mean, you know, yeah. 
and and because I want because you should because it's, it's a bigger conversation. It's how you feel, who you are, how your brain works. It's it's you know if your ankles are sore while you're doing your homework. It's the story I told months and months ago about the woman who contacted me after I helped her um, with her with her very young child and said that her her child's on the ground playing the way I remembered her. So she what she was saying was that for a, a protracted amount of time, her kid just wasn't the same person. Right. And 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 so. You know, it, it goes back to to Lynn Hover and talking about her son and saying, "Yes, my son passed away and he had type one diabetes, but I'd rather him have had twenty some amazing years than forty eh years, or fifty, or sixty, or eighty. Like, do you really want to live this long, painful, unpleasant life?" And and your point, which you're making really well, is that if you're careful and you have this technology and you're reasonable and you test when you're not sure and all the things that go along with being safe. You're probably not going to have a problem. And having said that, you probably are too. But so is everyone else with diabetes. If you leave your blood sugar crazy high for safety's sake, you're still going to have the same 38 low that everybody else has. It's not, it's not the people who keep their blood sugar at 80 or 90 or 100 that have all these lows. When you understand how to keep your blood sugar at 90, you have less lows. It's the it's it's when you're up at 300 and you've gotten to the point where you're like I don't know what to do. Here's all the insulin in the house. That's how you get low later. Right. You know, I mean, I just got done telling you over the last hour. My daughter was low last night and she was really high last night. Now it was a it was a breakdown of the technology that that caused the high, but as soon as she was high, I had to overbolus and it created a low later. When she's when she's 130, I don't overbolus, I nudge bump little little bits of insulin here and there. I, I, damn, I can't do it anymore. That's it. Just listen. I, um, just listen to me. I, I, I get, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but, but you know what I mean? Like there's, there's so much common sense in that. And then people, most people don't listen to listen, Most people with type one diabetes don't hear this podcast. They hear their doctors and they hear it's okay. It's 180. It's 200. Don't worry. It'll come down. They're young. It won't hurt them long. All the excuses that trust me, they don't know if they're true or not. If a doctor told you it's okay for your five-year-old's blood sugar to be 250 because long-term they have data that says that doesn't hurt, I, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't want to be the one to find out that's not true. So Get a new doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, because when you find out that's not true, it is too late and irreversible at that point. So I, I mean, I just think that just having a Dexcom alone makes a difference. You know, some people prefer shots, some don't, whatnot. But even just having the CGM, I think, has made our life easier from the start because we knew. And then once we got better control, we could try to keep it down and we're trying to do it. And, and you know, the pump just makes that easier. And I think the pump makes his life easier. Yeah. And he really hated hated having Lantis. So. Right. <laughs> Dexcom, Dexcom is a speedometer on your car. Like, let's say that if you went over or the speed limit or under the speed limit too far, you were going to die. What would the most important thing be in your life then? Your speedometer, right? Right. Like it really would be. If this was speed and we were on a bus and there's a reference no one's going to get. And, and, and you know, so you, you, seriously, that's worse than the matrix. No one's getting the speed. No. Uh, but, but the point is. There's a bomb on your bus. There's a bomb on your bus and you can't act. What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, by the, way, quick, now, shot. by the way, now, I've now I, I just realized I say matrix all the time because I really do feel that way. Um, and then I just said speed. And these are both Keanu Reeves movies. And they are both Keanu Reeves movies. I'm not a huge Keanu Reeves fan. I don't know how this has happened. Although those John Wick films are fun. But that's not the point. The point is, the point is this, Dan, damn it, um, is that it, you can't have a disease 
that is basically the fluctuation of your blood sugar. If it goes too high, you're going to have long-term horrible health effects, likely. If it goes too low, you're going to drop dead today. That can't be the narrative. And then you tell me, hey, there's this thing that tells me where my blood sugar is, but I don't need it. Like, like that what <laughs> yeah i mean I, i'm with you My, melissa jokes that like you know if all of a sudden we hit the lottery our foundation would be like providing dexcom to people that can't afford it i dream you know because dex comes away all the time that's how i dream yeah and there's like no way to do it like i i mean like, like you can't just find a kid and hand him a dexcom but like you know you can give insulin to insulin for life but i can't give like dexcom for life you yeah, know like dex <laughs> Listen, I, I mean, there's a barrier for money, obviously, and, and that is the other side of it. There are a lot of people listening right now who are like, look, I would love one. Shut up. I can't afford it. <laughs> right, you know, like, right. I, I get that. I really do. But here's what I'll tell you, if, and I'll think about this like this. I was watching – I was on the Facebook yesterday, and apparently there are these glasses that help people who are colorblind to see colors. And I've now seen two videos of grown men in their 50s, 60s who have lived their whole life not seeing colors put on these glasses. Now, apparently I get from these videos that these glasses must be very expensive, okay? But if you saw these guys put these glasses on, your heart would break. You'd go out, you'd find somebody who was colorblind, you'd buy a pair of these glasses. If you had to sell your car to do it, you'd hand it to them. Because it's it's genuinely beautiful to see somebody have that experience. I think I think this is the same situation. I'm not saying everybody can just dig up $3,000, $4,000 if you're paying out of pocket. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that if there's any way for you to accomplish it, it is really, really worth your time. And I did not I, – I, listen, I do not mean – I, I do want to say to people, I don't mean for the podcast to sound like a one-hour advertisement for the people who are, who are buying ads in the podcast, but you really do need to trust me and think of it this way. I'm taking the ads from these two companies because I'd be saying this with or without them. The reason you don't hear other companies come in leaving ads, and by the way, other people do want to put ads on the podcast, but because you don't hear that is because I cannot speak this passionately about their products, and this podcast is not about making money for me. This podcast is about getting this information to you. So if you ever hear me take another ad from a different company, you must be like, Scott loves that because... Trust me, you don't make enough money with a podcast to sell out one human being. It, it just isn't. It isn't like that. Not so we should expect to see an ad for the next Keanu Reeves movie. Well, at the very least, that John Wick yeah. three is going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that I would chill for. I got to be honest. If you ever hear me start doing movie reviews, that's <laughs> I'm just going for the money at that point. It's kind of, it's like I'll tell you what, Cars fifteen is fantastic. They have not lost the franchise at all, uh, and <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we spoke for a whole hour about nothing. <laughs> Wait, if I don't if I don't ask you a question, my wife will act will, will kill me. I don't need, because we've made fun of Melissa a couple of times here, so yeah. I don't want her to be upset. Go ahead. We can't we cannot figure out fatty foods for the life of us. Pizza, we it, it just fights us all the time. Extended boluses, I feel like we're horrible at them. How do we how do we do that? So Everyone's different, Dan. We know this for to be true. So, what are you telling me? The, the boy has pizza. You pre bolus, and you're still getting high afterwards. Uh, I'd say we get like highs like an hour and a half later. Mm. Okay, and then does he get low after you correct it? Um, maybe not totally. So, what does this tell you? That we're just not giving him enough insulin out front and covering it. For longer periods of time, you need more insulin, and you need a covered and the coverage. Needs so to be different. The, the timing, question timing is, is that timing and amount. 
he he's on such little amounts of insulin, right? And so I feel like when I do an extended bolus, let's say he eats a uh, fifty carb two slices of pizza or whatever that is, right? You know, so fifty carbs will give a maybe maybe two and a half units if I can remember off the top of my head. If I extend that two and a half units for four hours, it's not going to work. No, four hours. Like I feel like I or three, whatever it is, I feel like I need a triple amount, that amount of insulin to extend it. So you might need more because, we, listen, there are times when you do an extended bolus. I just had this conversation with Joan, who was on like one of the episodes in the in the first year. We were talking about extended boluses on the phone yesterday uh, about about her son and um, similar ages. And so what I, what I said to her and what I'll say to you is, is if you're going to extend the bolus out, you may need more insulin. So if this theoretical 50 carbs needs two units, two and a half units for you, but you're going to extend it. That might end up meaning it needs three units or three and a half. But if I was you, I would do some basal adjusting in there as well. So if I, if I had pizza and I saw that I was getting high an hour and a half later, I mean, how high are we talking about? Uh, I mean, I think he gets, he can break 250, oh, you know, okay. 300 maybe. Okay, so not then, not no, ridiculous. No, 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 I mean, no, no, right. No. So We're what, not breaking the Dexcom. <laughs> no, so what you need is like, so if I was going to have pizza in that situation, what's his basal rate? 0.4? How old is he? From? Yeah, right. He's, he's uh, I mean, he's got a bunch of different ones. I think the highest one he has is 0.35, which okay. starts at 7 at night. He okay. tends to drift up at night. So then I would double his basal rate at, at a, or 100, you know, a, a, as much as I could for probably two or two and a half, maybe two hours, right? But I would start it, I'd start it about a half an hour before the pizza for maybe two or two and a half hours. That way we've got a nice wall of basal insulin coming that's going to help with the pizza. And then you need to bolus enough to stop an initial spike, but then stretch the rest of it out over an hour, not three hours or four hours, but just over an hour. So that it's still a heavy amount of your bolus still exists in that time just prior to the spike. So if you're seeing a spike in an hour, um, but if you bolus all of it up front and a half hour into the pizza, he starts getting low. So you need to just, there's that first half hour in there where you sort of need to take half of the bolus and move it to a half an hour later and then let it, and then let it hit him again because what's happening is he's eating it. You're keeping the initial spike down. Then it's getting into a stomach. It's starting to digest, and it continues to digest and continues to digest and keeps pushing and pushing and pushing his blood sugar up. You have to have enough insulin there to fight it. I think a combination of a, of a doubled basal rate and a slightly extended bolus but not a crazy extended bolus is the way to go because there's two, there's two windows here. There's this first window of, of spike, and then there's the long – then you're seeing long a tail on it. If you control that first hour and a half better, then I think the tail's not as drastic, and you could probably adjust it pretty well with just a little more insulin. And avoid makes sense. Off. That's all. That's okay. that's it. That was. Did that make any sense? I don't know what I'm talking. What I'm saying. Something. No, I mean it made sense, and we'll try it. But yeah. you know, we'll, we'll try everything once. Let know? me boil it yeah. down in a simplistic, in very simplistic. Your issue is timing and amount of insulin. Now. Good luck figuring out how to fix that. But but right. but but there is a, there is an answer. It, it just it's not evident to you yet. So keep trying. Yeah, keep trying. Keep moving. As we will. Sure. He's a four year old kid. He wants to eat pizza. Yeah, I want to eat pizza. Now you've <laughs> right, talked about exactly. it. Now it's probably what I'm going to do for lunch. Now that you brought it up. Although first things first, today's the 19th of September. I should probably not tell people how far in the future some of these are recorded because it probably sounds weird. 
but I'm just excited to download the new operating system on my iPhone today. So, Aren't you nervous about your Dexcom though? Never nervous. Because I was thinking about it. I'm never nervous. I don't think enough to be nervous, Dan. That's my, that's my superpower, my ignorance. <laughs> because it's actually, it should be, it's coming soon. Um, I was thinking about it last night and I was like, well, you know, it's going to, they're going to say that Dexcom's not ready and I'm going to do it anyways. And then I'm going to get some funky beeps and somebody, no names mentioned, will tell me you shouldn't have updated yet. You know, Melissa gave and, me a fourth hit in the podcast. In yeah. the <laughs> uh, so here's what I will tell you. I happen to know how they do it at Dexcom and they are going to, I would bet, I would bet anything and I know nothing. No one's told me anything. But if you upgrade today, that message about, hey, this app's not compatible with this operating system, I bet you don't see it two days later because that, that's a live thing. That's a live thing they're doing. They have pe there are people out there right now in California sitting at their desk, cracking their fingers, waiting, and they're going to, you know. On a, on a completely side note, the people at Dexcom are the nicest ever. We went to San Diego for vacation this summer, and I just sent a random email saying, hey, my four-year-old T1D, blah, blah, blah. Bring him in. We'll give him a tour. Yeah, that's beautiful. They showed us all around the, the manufacturing and everything. It was fantastic. Is it cool? I've never seen it. I've heard it's really interesting. It looks like, uh, I mean, it looks like you're in like a science movie. Like there's just a bunch of people in like lab coats and there's like hand washing stations before they go into like the static free rooms. And, um, you know, it's just a pretty San Diego chill atmosphere. And then you throw in a big science lab in there. That's crazy. No kidding. I, I emailed them as well asking about the watch and they, the, somebody called me yesterday and we had a long conversation about it. Yeah. And he basically said in theory, and he used that in theory very loosely because I'm sure it's going to happen rather quickly. Mm -hmm. Once once they get it ready, you wouldn't even need to carry your phone anymore. Yeah, if you had the new Apple Watch with cellular, right? That the Apple Watch Three or whatever it is, mm -hmm. then yep. you, you shouldn't you shouldn't need a receiver anymore to see your desk. Yep, yeah, no, fantastic. And, and and even that now, think about that. Like you're calling it a watch, right? That it, it could be anything. Like that, the watch is an inch square. You could have something in your pocket that's an inch square that has your Dexcom right. information. Right, like Dexcom could just say, "Hey, we're going to put an LTE receiver or something like that on the on the sensor of the transmitter." It, it just, just well, the, I think the point is, is it's limitless at this point now. Right now, right. they've just opened up their API to developers. Now, now, if I'm a developer, I can make the tiniest. I can make the thing the size of a credit card if I want that picks up that signal or. You know, geez, you could have an, an app on your computer now. Like, there's all kinds of stuff that can happen. So, uh, lots of good stuff coming. I joke that I want like a uh, like a stock ticker above my TV in my bedroom that just flashes <laughs> his current blood glucose, so well, I don't have to Daniel, roll over and see a phone. Daniel, I will say this, and I've had this thought about twice while we were talking, that as time goes on. This all sort of lessens all that, like the involvement lessens because you don't need it as much because you're, you'll know a, a steadier world. Like, I, listen, I'm going to pull up. I haven't looked at Arden's um, blood sugar all morning, right? I Jen, I've not been once looked at it. So I can go back now, five o'clock now, it's 1115. Now Arden's blood sugar has been between 120 and 67 for the past five hours. And it, it, that's not something that I could have said a couple of years ago. And, and there'll be, and I, but the bigger lesson I think for you is that I haven't looked at Arden left the house this morning at seven 40. I haven't looked at her CGM since she's been gone. It's 1120 now. So that will happen for you at some point. You will get it. So just kind of 
it'll be so easy at some point, you won't have to think about it constantly. And then you will look up one day and see that little stock ticker above your television and say, I don't need this. It's making my hair gray. I got I to gotta be done with it. Um, I checked probably three times while we were on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a, I, I'm going to give you a couple more minutes here. So what, what is Leo's Blood Sugar? By the way, the, Leo's name's got to go in the title because that's a great name. But what, what is Leo's... Um, he is currently 112 and straight across. And what has he been since we've been on the phone? Or, uh, it's kind of hard. To, sometimes it's hard to tell because you get that green line up top. But his three-hour, uh, I'd say he's been in the 100s the entire time, like the low 100s, the 112 since we've been on the phone. Okay. Right before we got on, he had, he had gone up, but I think he had snack at school and they don't free ball us. So he hit 150 right then. And then just started coming down right away. Back to 112. You guys are you guys have a good handle on it. You really do. Yeah. You know, if, if you're snacking, not pre bolus and going to 150 and back to 112, you're you're doing a great job. But good for you and good. And by the we way, we try. And, and, and I've now talked to you for an hour. Obviously, Melissa deserves some sort of a medal. Dan, you're not easy to get along with. And so, um, <laughs> so but no, you guys are really. It's it, you're spectacular. You make. I'm going to feel good all day about 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 this conversation because you can do the next one with her and get her perspective yeah i don't want to i don't want to cause a divorce it's yeah. not, not my goal to get to break up families and so listen people are like why is your wife not on the podcast I'm like, please get yeah i heard that the other day yeah, yeah, she telling me what i'm doing wrong and then i'll feel compelled to stick up for myself and 45 minutes into it you'll be like i think i just heard two people kill each other on a podcast <laughs> anyway uh it has been an hour i gotta say goodbye but thank you so much for coming on i really genuinely appreciate it thanks so much dan for coming on and telling his story leo's story and his wife's story who we maybe made fun of a couple of times unnecessarily we apologize about that Thank you very much to Dexcom and Omnipod for sponsoring the show. You can always go to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox or myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox for more information. And there are always links that are clickable in your show notes yeah, right there in your podcast player. Just click right there. I'm not going to bore you at the end here. Thanks very much for listening to the Juicebox podcast. We'll be back next week and every week in 2018 with a brand new episode. Coming up, we have a bunch of stuff going on, but one of the things I'm working on is Omnipod has a few announcements, and I'm going to try to get somebody back on from the company to talk about that. And I've been wondering a lot about Dexcom lately. I'm hearing stuff. So I'm going to reach out to somebody over there and see if we can't do a couple of technology shows coming up really soon. All right, guys. Have a good week. I'll see you soon.